0: Hello, and welcome to the Canto Bite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me tonight, as always, is my brilliant co-host, Brittany Brown. How are
1: you doing, Brittany? Hello! I'm doing great! Just got back home from dinner with the family, and uh, I am happy to be here. How are you doing? I am good. I'm ready
0: to talk some Star Wars. I've had a good Star Wars day because I got the Forces of Destiny um, and or Adventure Princess Leia with the little furry wicket. And it's incredible and I love it and I want to own all of them and I want them to make like a thousand more of them.
1: God those things are beautiful. Have they released the one for Padme yet? I'm really into Padme so I'm excited to see that. I think Padme might be like wave two so I don't know whether that's
0: Force Friday or later on. The release dates on these have been pretty weird. Like they they kept moving around and then it was really unclear what would be available when and they're still sort of just popping up on different websites
1: wow that's exciting how big is the doll and uh you said wicket came with it yeah i think it's like about barbie sized i'd say
0: like the like the head's a little bit bigger maybe <laughs> i noticed <laughs> but but other than that like i think it's i think it's sort of that size i mean i haven't seen a barbie in a really
1: long time but god, I know. I was thinking about that. I don't think I've seen a Barbie in probably close to five, ten years. The good old but, Barbie days. I mean,
0: who wants Barbie when you can have Princess Leia? Oh
1: my god, I know. So jealous. Those things are beautiful. And then, um, it's the camo Leia. Does she come with the dress also? Yes, she has the dress, and she also
0: has, there's like a bow and arrow, and she's got a blaster, and Wicket has his staff.
1: Dude, I love it. That was one of my favorite episodes of Forces of Destiny, when then she came out with the dress that Wicked and the other Ewoks made, which made me assume that um, there should be a Project One Way uh, Ewok edition. I would watch that. I would totally watch that. Oh man, I love Tim Gunn, and I feel like he would love w- working with those Ewoks.
0: <laughs> now I'm imagining like a like a Tim Gunn Ewok like yes. a little Ewok in like his one of his like a l- nice
1: little pinstripe suits. <laughs> then he'll, he'll say, "Make it work," in um, Ewok language. I always forget what, or if the Ewoks have a language, or if they just say "or" something. So I mean, they have a language. I just don't speak it because I'm not
0: quite that big of a dork. <laughs> not, I'm close, not either though. yet. Yeah, I feel like we're we're close. I mean, we are here. We should say this, if you haven't noticed this in the last three minutes of conversation. We're a Star Wars podcast. Oh my God, we are. Another one.:
1: Another one. Oh man. Well, As I like to think of it the only important one. Yeah, man. there's no canto bite dispatch around anywhere. We are the first canto bite. I am honored. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm like, was looking on like Twitter, and
0: I'm like, oh, please let this be okay. <laughs> anyway, I was on the on Gmail setting so up an account, and I'm like, oh, nobody better have this. But luckily, once you add the word "pod" to the end of your thing, you generally can get it. Oh, oh yeah. and by the way, we are Cantabite Dispatch because Cantabite is if you aren't up on that, which everybody goes into this probably is, but it is the casino stuff we're going to see on The Last Jedi, and it looks amazing.
1: And you, Brittany, work at a casino as a dispatcher. Yes, I've been working at a casino since I was 16 years old, and it's been a wild journey. So after seeing that there will be a casino planet in Star Wars, I was a little interested, but I was, you know, the back of my head, I was just thinking, oh, god more casinos in my life but i feel like after seeing the behind the scenes reel uh at d23 i went to that um about a month ago and i i was intrigued i saw the casino or i saw like they had like a casino layout and it looked beautiful so i'm actually a little more excited now to see the casino planet in the last jedi is your casino that fancy oh god no (laughs) Does does it
0: have laura dern hanging out in it
1: You know, I don't think so. Maybe Laura Dern's hiding somewhere. You know, I've been there for five years, but, you know, like, you never know. I hope to see her one day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and basically,
0: I know there's a lot of Star Wars podcasts out there, but personally, like, I think everybody who is a Star Wars fan sort of has their own star wars story and their own perspective so i think there's always room for another one like personally i listen to you know maybe like five or six podcasts about star wars regularly and there's others that i check out like if i hear a particular episode is really good so hopefully you will have room in your life for another
1: podcast us
0: because we're really good and cool and you should love us yes be
1: our friends we do not bite yes star wars friends the best friends in the galaxy and we actually met because of other
0: star wars podcasts um i think the first time i was aware of you was in the chat room for steel saunders live episodes steel if you if you don't listen to his podcast steel wars you really should but he also does live podcasts where he has a guest host and then also listeners can call in and chat with them and there's also like a, a chat room so people listening live can can talk to each other and that's sort of how you and i met Brittany. and then a little bit more in the rogue one a star wars podcast for
1: winners dm chat thank you johnny Grazo. yes thank you johnny for helping everyone around us you know make friends and this community is just so you know positive And, you know, even though it has these dark times, you know, we all are, we all stick together. And I feel like, you know, our bond over like loving Star Wars, you know, overcomes like everything negative. Like a lot of, you know, sexist people who don't agree with, you know, forces of destiny, for example, and believe women in Star Wars shouldn't be as powerful off-screen or on-screen and off-screen as they are and it's a little sickening but you know this community and focusing on the positives really overshadow the negatives
0: yeah you just sort of have to to find your own little corner in fandom i mean all fandoms have jerks in them and the star wars fandom in particular is so big that of course you're going to see a lot of those people and it is disheartening but you know anytime. When I'm getting really frustrated with that, I remind myself that I also have, have people like, like Steele Saunders, like Jason Ward and Amanda Ward from making Star Wars, who are so great about fighting against that stuff and doing it and in like a really humorous way most of the time, like really the fact that they can deal with the amount of crap they get is, is really inspiring.
1: It is. Yeah, I'm actually wearing my Rebel Girl t-shirt right now. Rebel Girl, um, Amanda Ward and Tracy, they have a podcast called Rebel Girl. And it's, it's fantastic, you know, listening to, uh, you know, two women who, you know, have struggled being in this fandom and, you know, finding, you know, merchandise for women and having to, you know, prove their admiration to Star Wars. It's, It's really inspiring to hear like their point of view and they also share like personal stories and, you know, it makes me definitely admire them and a lot of people in the Star Wars community more.
0: Yeah, I really, that's sort of like one of the reasons I want to do a podcast is I listen to so many good podcasts like Rebel Girl, like now this is podcasting like Steel Wars, like Rogue One, like I'm sorry, there's going to be some that I can't mention and (laughs) you all know that if I listen to your show, it's because I love it. But when I'm listening to those shows, there's always like part of my brain that's responding to the conversation and responding to questions and asking questions. And I'm like, oh, no, I need to talk to
1: somebody in real life too. (laughs) You see, that's why I love something like the DM chat room is because, you know, we can listen to a podcast and then just let like, hey, Johnny, like I saw that you said this and this is what I think. And, you know, he's so amazing. And, you know, he definitely replies to anything. So it's really awesome to get, you know, responses and especially from everyone else too, their opinions. We're all adults here. And I feel like even if we don't agree, like we still respect everyone's opinions. And I think that's awesome for us. Go adults. <laughs> yeah, like I had an an
0: hour back and forth on on Twitter the other day about whether Lando Calrissian was a traitor and whether he should be judged for that or not, and I was like, I was genuinely getting a little bit upset, but at the same time, I'm like, no, these are cool people that I'm talking to, and at the end of the day, they're my friends, and there's just this fictional character we disagree about, <laughs> but I I I love that I can I can really talk about Star Wars in depth with people not just oh yay Star Wars is cool but burrowing down to like the nitty-gritty of certain characters or plot points and that's that's sort of why I want to do a podcast I want time to really embrace all the different things I love and that I don't love about Star Wars
1: yeah exactly I I totally agree i I love Star Wars, and you know I have thoughts and opinions, and you know sharing those thoughts and opinions I think will be a, definitely a enjoyable experience and hearing what you know others who listen to us think too, I think that'll be great all right so
0: now you're I think eleven years younger than me, maybe, so we probably we started Star Wars at different places in sort of the Star Wars timeline. So what's your what's your Star Wars history?
1: Well, I'm 22, so I got into Star Wars definitely a little later. I think I got into it around when the prequel trilogy was slowly ending. I remember specifically being in first grade and my sister had just had surgery and my uncle was over. And he made us all watch The Phantom Menace. And I specifically remember uh, Anakin and his mother, you know, saying goodbye. Like, I just specifically remember watching that scene. I don't think I watched the whole movie, though, because first grade me, I was all over the place. So I went here and there, and I I definitely left. But I feel like as the years progressed, uh, my parents actually bought the original trilogy, and we all watched it. And for some reason, I knew that Luke Skywalker's father was um, Vader. Spoiler. So I... I never really got the shock value out of that. I feel like I got the shock value out of, you know, Anakin turning the dark side. Like, how could this, you know, young boy with so many powers and so kind fall into this deep, dark depression and deep, dark future? So definitely I was inspired of the story. Of course, the, the hero's journey, the romance. Definitely. I love the romance between Anakin and Padme, even though now I have differing opinions about it. And uh, I feel like as I grew up, I definitely appreciated the original trilogy more. So, but yeah, I also grew up watching Disney movies. So, you know, you would always see the princesses like the damsel in distress. But seeing women like Padme or Padme and Princess Leia, that was the first time seeing a woman character that was strong and they didn't need a man to save them. Like they could save themselves. And that was inspiring to me as a child because, you know, watching that, I believe that I am these characters like I have qualities and I'm strong and I can do this. And I definitely gained confidence after seeing characters like this and definitely listening to the score. I feel like John Williams spoke to me and I love it. I love everything about the Star Wars soundtrack. Like I tell all my friends that I'm having a Star Wars themed wedding in my backyard and I'm playing across the stars walking down the aisle. So good choice. It's a beautiful Oh, breathtaking. But yeah, what about you? Uh, what's your first Star
0: Wars memory? Well, I was born in, in 83, so that's the same year that that Jedi came out. So I first saw them on like a video store rental. First thing I remember, like I'm sure I saw A New Hope first, but I don't have any memory of it. But I remember being like six or seven and sitting on our living room floor by myself watching <laughs> watching empire and the the thing that i remember is the no i am your father reveal and like my 6-year-old brain exploding because i mean you, i mean first of all i was 6 so even if internet fandom had been around then <laughs> i wouldn't have been part of it but i mean this would have been like 89 so that stuff didn't exist so spoilers weren't Nearly much of the thing, so I had no mm-hmm. idea, and like it never even crossed my mind as a possibility that the bad guy could be the good guy's dad, and like I flipped out, and I just remember running into the other room where my dad was sitting on the computer, being like, Dad, 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 and him just like sitting on his computer, being like, Okay, yeah, of course, yeah, that's uh-huh. that's really interesting, Emily. <laughs> my dad's my dad's not much of a of a star wars guy anyway but certainly like that sort of oh there's something really shocking thing wouldn't have wouldn't have even entered his head um it was it was probably my mom who showed me the movie or maybe it was like you know it was a my brother had rented it and watched it earlier in the day or something like that but then you know, I just I just kept watching those movies over and over again. There's something that we you know sort of watched as a family along with like Short Circuit and like Flight of the Navigator and all these old like, you know, like an E.T. and those era of sci-fi movies that you you could just watch as a family that adults and children could both like. Well, maybe not so much Flight of the Navigator, that movie's terrible. But <laughs> And then you know the special editions came into the theater when I was, I think, thirteen, and I basically spent those three months like every weekend <laughs> was at the theater with my friends watching oh, the special life. editions. And then, and you know, so I was I was fifteen when *Phantom Menace* came out, like fifteen or sixteen, and. I watched them, and at the time, like, I was, you know, I was seeing new Star Wars in theaters. Like, that's a miraculous thing. You know, something that we never thought was going to happen. And I know with my older brother opening night for Phantom Menace, we drove 45 minutes to the next town. Because at that point, our town didn't even have a movie theater. Yeah, I'm from, I'm from Indiana, and at that, yeah, it sucked. But we drove, and, like, we waited in line for, now, you know, like six or seven hours with a bunch of other star wars fans and we saw the premiere and then i went to school the next day totally tired and then i saw phantom menace again at eight o'clock that night because it was star wars and and because i was 15 i have to say like even as i was watching them there was the excitement mixed with like oh i don't really i don't particularly like this and I do, okay, look, I know people get sick of, of prequel bashing. And I don't want prequel bash because I, I think, you know, it's always better to love something than to than to hate something. Mm-hmm. And so I've gone back and forth with prequels, which was while I was watching them, even, like, the parts I was disappointed with, I was still excited to do Star Wars. And then to get out of the theater and I'd, and I'd think about it. And then I, because it was at the point, like, this is the last Star Wars we're ever going to get, I feel like that drove some of my, I hate these movies and I never want to see them again. And I was really mad about them. And then I just stopped being like, well, it's dumb to be mad about movies because they exist and it doesn't take away the stuff that I love from the other movies. And now there's new Star Wars all the time. And so it's not like, oh, there's half of Star Wars that I don't like because there's constantly going to be Star Wars and I love so much of the new stuff that I feel like the prequels, I wish I had been a kid when they came out. Cause I think that I could have had an appreciation for them, but I wasn't, and I don't like them and I'm probably never going to like them. But if you do, that's awesome. If you love Jar Jar Binks, more power to you. Like don't let anybody tell you not to like things that you like.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like as a kid, I, I think it's so funny how you connected more with the original trilogy and I, you know, a little bit younger, felt more connected to the prequels. And um, I just remember being so excited seeing Revenge of the Sith. I was in fourth grade when that was released. And I remember my parents, you know, they got me out of school early to go see oh, that's it. It's awesome. I know they were really into Star Wars. I almost feel like, you know, they thought that it was kind of a phase because I feel like, you know, young kids go through phases and everything. And um, they expected my brother to probably enjoy Star Wars a little bit more. But I don't think they expected me. I feel like I definitely like I fell like hard in love with the Star Wars universe and after seeing Revenge of the Sith that movie broke my heart like even though I loved it so much seeing a character Padme was my favorite character you know she's strong independent and her relationship with Anakin intrigued me also so seeing her die on screen even though I knew that she was gonna die like that broke me I remember being so sad and of course I saw the movie about two three more times and a part always depresses me I still can't watch that movie to this day because I feel really depressed after watching it yeah, John Williams definitely killed that score. You know, all of Anakin's dark side themes were oh, so heartbreaking. And I remember the years progressed, and I would watch them on TV. And I remember being in middle school, and I kind of expressed that I like Star Wars. And that wasn't really the norm for uh, girls especially, and a lot of people my age, because Star Wars wasn't really going on. So... I feel like that was probably an extra reason. I was bullied a lot in middle school and everything. And uh, YouTube was really big during that time. It was probably about 2007, 2008, I believe. And people would make fan videos of, like, different Star Wars scenarios on YouTube. And seeing people make videos and adding emotion to characters, such as, like, Anakin and Padme, like, add a song to it, like, they would do chasing cars and they'd do clips of Anakin and Padme. That intrigued me. I was so interested in their point of view. And I didn't think there were a lot of people like that, like me, and enjoyed these characters to put different scenarios in my head. Like, I didn't really have many friends that like Star Wars. So seeing these, these people make these videos like I was just so excited coming home from school I would be like I'm going on YouTube I'm watching these videos so that definitely inspired um, me a little young uh, middle school age Brittany yeah you know that's cool like my my
0: time of like being really into internet fandoms and fan art and fan fiction and fan vids it like didn't match up with my Star Wars obsession because my Star Wars had sort of died out at that mm-hmm. point, so like the stuff I was really into, like, fandom-wise, was Buffy like, the Vampire Slayer and like, the X Files, and like Battlestar. Gal- I made I definitely made some Battlestar Galactica fan vids, which are <laughs> probably still up on YouTube. Oh God, I need to check and delete those because Jesus. No, those, no, they, I'm looking
1: them up right now. Um, it, they might have actually
0: name? they might have actually gotten pulled down for um for Correct. copyright violation.
1: Ugh heartbreaking I definitely I'm on YouTube right now I'm trying to search <laughs> <laughs> okay but and then you like I also
0: wrote a ton of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer like, crossover fan fiction because I used to moderate a website that's actually like was one of the biggest Buffy fanfic ser- um, sites out there and it was all crossover stuff so like Buffy meets Battlestar Galactica and Buffy meets Star Trek and Buffy meets like Grey's Anatomy and all sorts of terrible, <laughs> terrible things that I wrote.
1: But how old are you? Or when you're oh.
0: sorry to interrupt. I wrote some stuff when I was in middle school. And then I like mm-hmm. really I like I probably wrote a lot more when I was in high school. And I got really into like just doing like like character studies was sort of what I really was interested in. Because I'm really I'm not great at writing story but I'm I'm I think fairly good at character and dialogue. So
1: that's what I really like yeah. to do. So none of those were erotic fan fiction. <laughs> you
0: know what? Actually, I've written about three pieces of erotica. And I've also had people, I've also had people write erotica, like based on one of my fan fiction stories, which is really cool. But yeah, it's very, it's strangely flattering and a little bit weird to have somebody be like, Hey, I really like the, the bot lines and the, and the way you're using your characters, can I write (laughs) porn for them? And I'm like, I mean, I mean, I, I didn't develop the characters, so I can't tell you no, and some of it was pretty hot, but that fan that fandom is not going to get mentioned cuz it's very obscure and if I mentioned the fandom it'd be really easy to find. But yeah, that I write a piece of erotica for Steel Saunders. Okay, that actually sounds really bad to say it that way. Um <laughs> I wrote it for Steel. No, <laughs> God. Damn it. We love you Steel. Sorry. <laughs> but no, um at at the last LA Pod Festival. It's actually the, it was the first time I met Steel Saunders in person. Although I'd listened to Steel Wars, his Star was Wars podcast, and I had listened before that to his really funny um, comedy podcast, I Love Green Guide Letters, which is about um, the letters that people write in to complain to the like TV and radio schedule for um, the newspaper and it's it's so funny. But anyways, I'd been talking to Steele for a couple of years. And then we finally met at PodFest. And his live episode that year was a reading of a piece of terrible um, Qui-Gon Jinn, Shmi Skywalker erotica. Um, and they had people reading the different parts. And he had amazing sound effects. And I was recording an episode with him that weekend and we were talking about how funny it was, and I also mentioned that I used to write fanfic, and I, for reasons passing understanding to me now, told him, well, if you want to do this again, I'll either like find something for you, because I, I, I like finding terrible fanfiction, or I'll write something for you. <laughs> and then it just sort of snowballed into this big thing. Um, if you listen to Steel Wars at all, you'll know that one of the like the, the things that, that the Steel Wars fans really love is Ben Mendelsohn, Mendo, who plays Krennic in Rogue One, because Ben Mendelsohn is from Australia, like Steel, and he's just fucking amazing. And so I became slightly obsessed with him. And so it definitely became like, I'm going to write some Mendo fanfic. And I was working on it and it was you know, like it wasn't going anywhere. And then I sort of forgot about it and Steele hadn't said anything about it for a really long time. So I just thought it was one of those things, an idea that just wasn't going to happen, which was fine with me because writing Neurotica is really embarrassing. But then like two days before celebration, I think maybe like the day he was leaving for, to get on a plane or something like that, he messaged me on Facebook and be being like, Hey, how's that story coming? And I was like, Oh f- fuck. And at first, I, at first I was like, I don't know <laughs> if I can finish it. Like I had pieces of stuff written, but none of it was really working. Cause I was doing like a Krennic Jin Urso thing. And I'm like, I don't like this. I'm very uncomfortable with this. It's not funny. I don't want to do this, but that of like, oh, I can't disappoint Steele. So I spent the next five hours writing this, um, some of it at work. Um, not that, not the erotica bits, the sort of the setup. But anyway, so I wrote this fanfiction that turned out to be Krennic and Mon Mothma. <laughs> and it's really dirty and really terrible and includes lines like velvety sheath and some other terribleness. And they performed it at a party at Celebration. Um, it was Maud Garrett uh, reading Mon Mothma and Jason from... Now this is podcasting, doing a really just unbelievable Australian accent. And then um, poor Randy, who was who had to narrate it and therefore read pretty much all of the sex bits. But yeah, it got a pretty good reaction.
1: Yeah, I, I was a big fan. And, you know, J- Jason's accent, like, I couldn't even tell half the time that was Jason because he had just such a great <laughs> Australian accent. And fun fact right now, um, so when the Rogue One DVD was released in, um, I believe it was April, um, a Disney had a little thing where you get, like, a bunch of, like, really nice, it looks like 8 by 14 images, or actually, it looks like 12 by 18 little images, or inch. And right now, on my desk, I have I have a... Um, A picture of Mendo and Darth Vader. And I've been saving it a long time for a special (gasps) someone. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Yeah, you can't really see Mendo in... Well, you can see Mendo in the picture, but... Darth Vader is mostly there, but you can see... The cape is noticeable. I will recognize the the cape anywhere. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I definitely will send that to you some, sometime soon because I don't know what I'm doing with these pictures because no offense like these are beautiful pictures and thank you Disney d- for bringing back you know Star Wars <laughs> Star Wars is back but I just don't know I-, I love Cassian Andor and I love these pictures of Cassian and Jin, but I don't think I'm going to hang these up in my room like I already have um, I'm sitting above a Jin or not Jenna. Ray BBA Chewbacca and Finn poster from The Force Awakens. So I, I don't think I'm gonna add more Star Wars memorabilia to my wall. So I definitely will send you that uh, later on. Yeah. Now, now
0: because like my, my like Mendo thing, partially my obsession is real, and partially it is like become sort of an inside joke. But it does mean that I, anytime Ben Mendelsohn gets mentioned anywhere on the internet, it's like somebody sends it to me. And I'm not going to complain about that, because I want to know what Ben Mendelsohn's doing, but it's also very weird. Like, like a couple like (laughs) weeks ago, I don't even know how it came up. Like, my mom, like my mom follows me on Facebook, but I sort of don't think about it much because we don't like. I'm not particularly active on there, and neither is she, but something we were talking about something and we were talking about a rogue one which she hadn't seen but she's like oh yeah your guy's in that right mendo and i'm like oh my god no like I literally never <laughs> mentioned ben mendelsohn to my mom ever but just through like people tagging me on facebook she saw it constantly <laughs> guy, go
1: mom mendo. that's awesome <laughs> and the fact that my mom calls him mendo <laughs> That would've been funny that if she just thought that he was like a normal guy and you'd be, she'd be like, "Hey, Emily, like, who's this guy Mendo? Like, are, are you serious? Are you dating?" And <laughs> he's a very attractive. What do you think he smells okay. like? Like, uh, you know, I mean, he smokes,
0: so he's pro- he probably in reality he smells like cigarettes. But in my head, he smells like whiskey and leather, and like good smoke. Like, like campfire smoke, as opposed to, like,
1: yeah. Campfire smoke, or even cigar smoke like pipe smells smoke. Um, decent. Yeah. <sighs> I know I'm immune to the the smell of smoke after working in a casino. Um, I work on, like, the second floor of my casino, and then that section's a smoking section, so every time I, I walk through, I hold my breath, because yeah. I don't smoke, so... I come home and my clothes reek of it. So it's kinda of funny. Like
0: you can barely smoke outside anymore in New York. Any any sort of public oh, wow. space, like even outdoor public space is no smoking.
1: I was talking to someone, I had jury duty yesterday and um they were talking about, Oh, smoking's bad and I'm like, Yeah <laughs> but if you do it then you do it and I don't really care. But yeah, I definitely Yeah, I smoked a little bit in college.
0: But never, I was never, like, it was never a habit. And so it was mostly just to, like, de-stress, like, during exam mm-hmm. times or, like, when I got, like, super drunk. Then I would smoke cigarettes. Well, I mean, other things, like, I, other things, too. But Mostly, like, in college, it was, like, yeah, it was, like, camel reds. Or because I, or because I was a annoying, Crack, new, pretentious right? college no, student, kidding. like, clove cigarettes. 'Cause I enjoy making my lungs bleed.
1: Those things are bad for you. Don't smell cloves. But they taste like candy. <laughs> yeah, I played sports in college. I, I played tennis, so i would go to parties and everyone would just be uh drinking or they'd be smoking weed outside, so I would always just be like I'm g I am i am I'm good. <laughs> I didn't really I never drank. I think I was eighteen when I had my first taste of uh i never i never drank until college uh, just because my my friends in
0: high school didn't drink like i didn't have a problem with drinking but i was just never around it
1: all right so i actually have a question for you do you remember your your thoughts and you know where you were when it was announced that in 2012 that lucasfilm was being bought by disney so, at the time, I'm just like, okay, fine.
0: Like, it's just going to be more, like, dumb movies. Like, I wasn't one of those, like, oh, it's going to be, like, Mickey Mouse, like, appearing with Han Solo. Like, that, like, stupidity. But I just, I wasn't particularly <laughs> interested. So, it wasn't until we started to really hear more about The Force Awakens and start to see, like, pictures and hear about the characters. And a lot of it was, it's going to sound like I'm sucking up to him, a lot of it was Steel Saunders. Because I listened, I listened to his other podcast. So when he Aww. announced he was starting a Star Wars one, I was like, "Well, I used to like Star Wars, and I'm sort of interested in the new movie, and I really like Steele. So I'll listen to it." And Steele, if 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 you listen to him, you know this about him: he's very enthusiastic about stuff in a way that's really, really infectious. Like he's so oh god excited yeah. and positive about the stuff that he loves. So as I listened to him, I got more and more excited about The Force Awakens and I actually started to get really mad at him because I'm like, I don't want to be excited about this movie because if it's bad, I'm going to be super disappointed. (laughs) I'm blaming this on you, (laughs) Steele. So how about you? Like, what was your reaction to that news?
1: I actually remember exactly where I was, uh, what time it was. Uh, I'm weird with dates and memories and everything, so I remember it was about like six thirty, about seven. I was, I was a senior in high school. I was, um, I just got home. I was in a tennis tournament and I moved on to the next round, so I was just like happy and like yeah, excitement, tennis. And then I think I either looked on Facebook or my mom walked in my room and said, "Brittany." St- star wars is bad no um (laughs) that would have been amazing (laughs) no i just remember she's like did you hear i'm like what like did someone die like that's sometimes when my mom's like did you hear that means like something bad happened so when she said lucasfilm was bought by disney i was i was horrified i was shocked i was so afraid that disney would ruin a big part of my childhood and you know I was very pessimistic about it, and then of course after a couple of days I cooled down, and I feel like it wasn't until I saw that second trailer in uh, April of 2014 when the Chewy were home trailer came out, but no, it was 15. And I feel like after or seeing Han Solo back in the gear, that definitely you know that I was hooked. You know, I I, I think I, my friends still have pictures of me crying, looking at my phone when Han Solo, you know, says Chewie were home. Oh, my, like, my God. gave
0: me chills. Seeing them, like, seeing the Falcon, it was just this lightning bolt of everything they loved about Star Wars.
1: Yeah, and god I-, I never really was into like the expanded universe either i was never really a big fan of you know palpatine coming back and uh, luke having a clone and what was it chewbacca was like stranded on that planet and it blew up or something he was, like crushed <laughs> by a moon i want to say <laughs> oh poor chewbacca i have a little chewbacca like stuffed animal on my table and i'm grabbing it right now it's really small i can't even see the eyes oh chewbacca why don't you have eyes but there's something um... about like how like ig88 like became like the death
0: star <laughs> i mean the, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the eu and i i i mean partially just because it was so big and i am i'm am somebody who goes all in on things and so I I couldn't go all in on the EU because it was there was too much of it and so it was dumb so then I'm like well then I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna bother with any of it
1: yeah I definitely felt dumb as shit at um, after seeing the Rebels trailer uh, for season three and they announced Thrawn and I first I was like who's Thrawn and then I searched it and I'm like oh they're bringing back an expanded universe character but uh you know after reading a little bit of thrawn i think i remember i would read the databanks on the star wars website that was before wikipedia wikipedia i believe and i would read a little bit about thrawn i was mostly interested about you know han solo and leia's marriage and they had three kids and i was interested in their stories then luke's marriage to mary jade i feel i know mary jade yeah i feel like I'm kind of into, like, celebrity pop culture, too. So I think definitely, like, reading about these characters when I was a kid, you know, inspired that because I'd be like, oh, like, what's Luke Skywalker up to and this, you know? So, yeah, who's he with now? What's Han Solo doing? So, yeah, seeing all that in film and seeing The the Force Awakens, I think that's when I got excited about Star Wars again. You know, definitely, like, leaving the theater I was... So excited. You know, I wanted to know, like, what's next? What am I going to expect the next movie? I was just really optimistic.
0: Yeah, like, even, like, even, like, right before, like, even, like, while I was sitting in the theater for Horse Awakens, waiting for it to start, I was still, there was still this bit of, like, I'm not going to like this movie going through me. And I just, I, like, I wasn't <laughs> excited for it at all, like, sitting there that night. And and I'm, I'm not sure what oh it was. God. I think maybe I had burned out all my excitement beforehand, and it was just fear But then, as soon as it started, as soon as, like, I see, like, the logos, like, my hands started to shake. I'm sitting there in the IMAX, and I'm, shaking and crying, and I don't even know why, because I don't know what this movie's (laughs) going to be, and that basically continued for the next, what is it, like,
1: two hours and 20 minutes, however long that movie is? Two hours and 16 minutes. (laughs) Wait, here, let let me look it up. I think I memorized it, because I put it in a Facebook post, um way back when I'm not re- I used to be so like on Facebook and now I'm just like no force awakens Sorry, I'm weird about technical shit. All right. So, all right, Google Force Awakens um 2 hours and 15 15- Ah, we it was only a minute off. 2 be- hours oh, and 15 I minutes. minutes. I am not a real fan. <laughs> well, of course not. You're a girl. How could you be a real fan? Oh my god, you're right. Oh, I hate when I hate when I remember that I'm a female and uh shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember um the opening crawl and I remember my brother had to tell me to shut up cuz I started ugly crying. <laughs> and I don't think tears were coming out yet, but I was just like <laughs> But I was more nervous for Rogue One, actually. Like, I was, I read, or I, I go on Rotten Tomatoes all the time, something that the Sith List does. If you don't listen to the Sith List, Araj and Boo uh, and Les, they are fantastic. I definitely recommend it. I started from episode one, and in a, just a couple weeks, I'm now on episode 44. And, you know, seeing seeing the journey of podcasters, you know, go from episode one to like their episode now, it's really awesome. And it's a fun journey, and I definitely recommend it to everyone. But uh, Rotten Tomatoes had given Rogue One a score lower than ninety percent, so I was, you know, shaken in my boots. I texted my friend saying, "Hey, this I don't know about this movie. Like, I, I don't know what to expect. Like, do you think it's gonna be good?" She's like, "Brittany, go to sleep. You're, 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 you're overreacting." And I remember I couldn't sleep that whole night. And then I saw the movie, and I was, it, it was beautiful. It was. I want to say dark and gritty, but you know it kind of was. But you got into the characters, you know, seeing Mendo, and I didn't think seeing Darth Vader would be such an emotional experience for me. I used to think that Obi Wan was my favorite character because you know everyone wants a teacher and a mentor like him, and he's wise and he's hilarious and witty, and I'm in love with Ian McGregor. He's my Mendo. But Darth Vader, seeing Darth Vader at the end of that movie, ignite the lightsaber—not ignite the green, but ignite the red—and slaughter the rebels that was just such an emotional experience for me I remember sitting in a theater and everyone was cheering and I remember I was the first one to you know just yell, like, my scream. I still remember it to this day when I saw Darth Vader ignite that lightsaber and seeing all the fear in the Rebels. And, you know, I could feel the passion. I could feel the anger in Vader. I can feel the fear of the Rebels. And that was just such an emotional experience for me. And it's something that I will remember forever and that I'm so thankful for Disney that they brought Star Wars back to life.
0: There's something about seeing it for the first time in a packed theater. And I'm so excited that... I. That I get the chance to to do that with Star Wars now. Like, stars that I really love. Like, I love doing that for Force Awakens. Like, Rogue One. Because like, we didn't really know what to expect with Rogue One. Um, and and I, I, I understand people's problems with the movie, even if I don't um, necessarily agree with it. But I, I really loved it. And I loved seeing people's reactions. Like, when Mon Mothma shows up. Character who who previously I would have thought like okay well I like Mon Mothma but I mean who really cares about seeing Mon Mothma again, but apparently a whole lot of people do because everybody was super excited in the theater and I'm like this is awesome. And of course I was I was already sold on yeah. Krennic because I have a thing for politically um, motivated creep bags. Like my favorite character in Game of Thrones is Littlefinger, and it's sort of it's it's always those kind of characters who i'm drawn to oh really oh my god yes
1: it's bad it's really bad (laughs) wow so you you have a thing for a little finger oh my god yes dude thank god you know i i thought i was the only one there's just so there's like a little part of me that finds him you know just I definitely see Mendo in him, but there's just a little something about, like, he's mysterious, like, you know, he's definitely playing the Game of Thrones. And, you know, seeing him progress, even though it's a little creepy, his relationship with Sansa, I I don't know if he's going to try to bang Sansa in the next couple of episodes, I hope not, because that would make me dislike him a little bit more. But just, you know, seeing uh, how he does everything, and it's intriguing, and... Yeah, thank God, I almost felt creepy admitting that, but.
0: <laughs> you never have to feel creepy about that at all because that's like who I'm into. Like, if, um, for people listening to this who are X-Files fans, I was totally all about Alex Krychek, who, again, totally creepy, duplicitous, <laughs> stabbing people in the back, bad guy, and nope, but he's super hot and awesome and sneaky and smart, and that's what I like. Sneaky and smart. That's my combination. Like with Krennick, and, and, I mean, you get. Sort of a, an inkling of this in in the movie, but really you see it a lot more, um, both in the novelization of Rogue One and especially in the book Catalyst, is you sort of see him from this really non privileged background, like up against all of these imperials who are from I guess you know the right side of the tracks, whatever that is in Star Wars, and from the rich planets and stuff, and so he's somebody who's sort of clawed his own way to the top. And that's, I, I don't know, I'm just really into it. And also because Ben Mendelsohn is super hot.
1: I agree. His face is nice. It's not, it's not a bad face to look at. And that little smirk, you know, you just, you hate him, but you love him. You know, that, that little smiley and he's, he's just a little bit scary. And that's what I like. <laughs> that sounds unhealthy. You have such
0: great, great taste tasting, in men.
1: Like this is why I've been single for four <laughs> years because we're both into like creepy and weird ass guys. No, <laughs> Gosh, you know, I'm
0: kidding. Guys I I like I oh, know man. in real life not to go for that kind of guy. I'm smart enough to not to do that. Oh yeah, but there's something about it in fiction, and maybe it's because I'm not attracted to that in real life. Where in fiction I can be like, it's just it's safe in fiction. To, like, creepy bad guys who would, like, definitely have no problem in killing you if it, you know, was to their advantage.
1: Yeah, it's fiction. Who gives a fuck, you know? (laughs) That's true.
0: So, you talked a little bit about Obi-Wan. Is he, like, is he your dude in Star Wars? Is he, like, your character?
1: Yeah, he's definitely my character. I think I connected with him a lot. And, you know, seeing him in the prequels, obviously, because I, I love Ian McGregor. Seeing how he portrayed Obi Wan, you know, the different things that he would add to the character, I really enjoyed it. You see the journey of Obi Wan as a Padawan to Qui Gon. And, you know, Qui Gon's just amazing, also. He's probably a close second or third of my favorite because, you know, Obi Wan, he respected his master so much, but he also questioned authority a little bit. And I was always, my my father is a retired cop, and he, he always taught me my older sister my younger brother to question authority and to speak up and say what you're thinking and I think definitely Obi-Wan's a character like that and you see in episode two you know attack of the clones he's training Anakin and you sometimes you kind of disagree with the kind of things that he would tell Anakin but at the end of the day you know we all want a mentor like Obi-Wan and you know seeing him in Revenge of the Sith broke my heart also because I feel like he definitely blamed himself for the fall of Anakin and he felt like he could have done something and he truly loved Anakin even though it was forbidden to uh, form attachments in Star Wars. I definitely feel like he he did he felt attachments for him and you know possibly Padme too. We'll get into that another day because I have opinions on that. But you can tell that he was a broken man and in A New Hope and you know as he was training Luke, I feel like. Uh, I want to ask you real quick, um, I don't. I know you, you don't watch Star Wars Rebels, but there was an episode where, you know, spoiler alert, there's a fight between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul, and Darth Maul asks Obi-Wan if um, the boy that he's watching over is the Chosen One, and Obi-Wan says yes. What's your opinion on that? Do you think that Obi-Wan truly thought that Luke was the Chosen One and not Anakin? I think...
0: That Obi-Wan has convinced himself of that, because if Anakin is the chosen one, then then Obi-Wan's failure there is much is much harder and has much deeper implications. but if 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 Luke is the chosen one, then even though that stuff with Anakin was tragic, he still has the chosen one, so he's okay.
1: I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Maybe, you know, he definitely, you know, wanted to assume that Luke was the Chosen One because he felt so guilty about Anakin and the fact that he was the Chosen One probably made Obi-Wan feel a lot worse. And he was a smart man. He was the second Jedi to learn how to become a Force ghost. So I think that's definitely, you know, great quality and a master that he trained for so many years to, you know, learn this ability. But, uh... Who is who's your favorite character now? Look,
0: I know a lot of people who who know me and and sort of the Star Wars like fandom, like our little corner of it. I, I think I'm going to say Krennic, and don't get me wrong, I I fucking love him. Like we just talked about for ten minutes, but he's only been in the one movie. I, you know, he only probably is going to be in the one movie unless we like see him like cameo in like Han Solo or one of the other prequel standalones. Which I really want to see, please, 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 Disney, but, but so he can't, he can't be that character for me. It's it's got to be Han Solo, cause I mean I was six years old, and here's this swashbuckling like rogue p- pirate, super handsome, funny, sarcastic, reluctant hero guy, and he's with. The, the the relationship with him and Princess Leia is just amazing. And also, he, it's fucking Indiana Jones. So, you know, a, a, I was just totally enamored f- with Han forever. I was always a Han girl more than a Luke girl. Really sucked in The Force Awakens.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, for some reason, I, I was... I feel like as soon as uh, Han Solo walked on that ledge, I feel like I knew something was about to happen. I assume for some reason that Chewbacca would be the one that would die in The Force Awakens because he died in the expanded universe. And I feel like, you know, watching the movie, like they kind of took some aspects of the expanded universe, like naming um, Kylo Ren Ben because that was Luke Skywalker's son's name, I believe, in the expanded universe And that he fell to the dark side. And that actually happened to Han Solo's son, Anakin. He fell to the dark side because I believe he blamed himself for the death of Chewbacca. So it definitely, the stab through the heart. I definitely felt stabbed through the heart when um, Han Solo was killed. And did you, you obviously probably had an emotional experience watching that on film.
0: Oh, like I I went into the movie thinking that there was a good chance that Hodden was going to die. I mean, for a couple of reasons. One, I knew a major, I, well, I don't know, but I suspected a major character would die in this movie because it, it, it echoes, echoes Obi-Wan and, and Qui-Gon's deaths in, in the first movies in their trilogies. Mm-hmm. And so, and of course, just the, the fact that, that Harrison agreed to come back at all was sort of shocking because he was always kind of, I mean, you know, I don't blame him for it considering, you know, he was an actor who wanted to do other stuff, but he was always kind of a dick about Star Wars. <laughs> And he had, of course, wanted Han to die before. And so I suspected that he was going to die. But I, I didn't want to believe it. And I couldn't really prepare for it. And then the moment when you find out that Kylo Ren is Ben and is Han and Leia's son, then for me it was like 100% Han Solo is going to die. Oh my god it was just a matter of when in the movie it was going to happen and how it was going to happen but as soon as you knew that that he was Kylo's dad I'm like yep he's definitely dead and I was so distraught like just like could barely see the friggin huge IMAX screen in front of me because I was crying so hard
1: (laughs) Jesus wrong day to not bring the tissues (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. God, I I never used to be emotional. And for some reason, oh, I, I said earlier, that I'm not really an emotional person. I feel like, God, for some reason this year, like I've just become so emotional. It's just the little things. Like uh, I was watching the Super Bowl this year and they wheeled out uh, George Bush Sr. And for some reason I started crying. I, for some reason I was like happy to see him, like happy that he was okay. And yeah, I just started feeling so emotional and I'm like, why am I crying? But I feel like after that moment, you know, I definitely started becoming emotional over little things. Like I cried during Wonder Woman. I cried, um, what did I cry during, I, I definitely cried while we were watching Rogue One, but yeah, seeing that, I feel like I should have felt more emotion seeing Han Solo, uh, you know, f- fall to his death, but, or get stabbed and then fall into his death. Hey, there was a theory. We're going to talk about this because I wrote this down in my notes. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I, I actually made a full page of notes. Hell yeah. Point for Brittany. I have to go back to school soon, so I'm getting my brain ready. So there is this theory that I kind of believed it at first, but now I definitely look back and think, oh, that's a bad theory. So when Kylo Ren pushed the air, or, or – stabbed Han Solo with a lightsaber. There's a theory that Han Solo, like, either pressed the button to kill himself... I think I believe that was a theory. Do you know a little bit more than me? I kind of suck at explaining things. I feel like definitely a slogan for me in this podcast is going to be like, um, yeah, because I admit sometimes I suck at explaining things and I get nervous talking about Star Wars sometimes and explaining myself because (laughs) I'm not used to this. You know, I, you know, as I said earlier, I never grew up with a lot of people who enjoyed Star Wars. You know, like I, my younger brother is a big fan and I would talk to him about it, but definitely explaining my point of view, not that I get scared. Of like what people think, yeah, I I get kind of weary, and I ex- you know expect the unexpected. So I definitely you know like like 'em yeah, or like 'em yeah is definitely going to be words that you'll hear from me. But anyways, um, what's your take on that theory?
0: Okay, here's my take, and this might be something of a slogan for me on this show, which is fuck
1: that. <laughs> no, we should make I shirts. hate that
0: theory. I've always hated that theory. It's a dumb theory. I don't like. I do, if you believe in that theory, I don't like you. <laughs> I said, like, you know why Like, like Steele says your theory sucks. Well, your Han Solo theory is garbage, and you're a garbage person for believing it. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. Look, believe whatever you want to believe. I think that theories is. I think it's. I think it's a bad theory. I think it's a dumb theory. I think it. I think it takes away both from Han Solo's character and from, um, Kylo Ren's character. Look, Kylo kills his dad. Like, he straight up murders his dad, and it's terrible, and it's horrible. And if you don't want to believe that because you want him to be, like, some kind of, like, whoopee because you think, like, Adam Driver's hot and you want him to be redeemed, like, that's fine. But realize that's... it's not part of the movie. It's not. And, look, if they still find a way to... to redeem Kylo. I'm fine with that. But uh, the idea that Han would help his son kill him. I mean, first of all, the fact, like, uh, Han's not gonna kill himself, which is essentially what he'd be doing there. But he also, he wouldn't do that to his son. Like, if the options are Ben doesn't kill me, or I turn on the lightsaber and jab it (laughs) me like no that's still that's still really Ben killing him and he wouldn't he wouldn't do that to his son he wouldn't put that on him
1: wow yeah yeah I guess I did have um, an opinion on that sorry sorry sorry, sorry. no no I, I- I'm amazed by all your responses to these questions. That's why I'm literally sitting here and awe, like wishing that I could elaborate and explain as beautifully as you do. <laughs> I don't know if fuck that theory is a great explanation. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that theory. No, no, I love it. I love, you know, your strong opinions about it, but I definitely feel like I, I believe that at first I'm going to admit this. I don't know if this is a common theory or not common theory, but common co- or common comment, but I absolutely hate and yeah, I could change my mind later on. I hate how Han Solo was written in Return of the Jedi. I feel like he... I feel like Frozen and Carbonite definitely changed him as a person. But he went from being the rebellious, like, I'm not with anyone. Like, I'm here for the money, too. Oh, yeah, I'm going to help the Rebellion. And I love Leia. Even though, you know, obviously he did. But he never... Expresses love for Leia because you know while he was about to be frozen a carbonite, she says, "I love you," and he says, "I know, cocky bastard," but I love him. But yeah, I feel like definitely I believe that theory about the lightsaber because I truly didn't know Han Solo as a character because I was so confused about how he was written in Return of the Jedi. Oh,
0: well, that's interesting. I don't. I don't. I've mm-hmm. never really had a problem with him in Return of the Jedi, but I, I guess I've never really thought about it. Because like I've I, at this point I've seen those movies so many times that 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 mm-hmm. turn for Han just seems so natural for me now. Yeah, but I've I've never really sat down and and thought that through. No, I think I think you have some good points there. That it do, it is a bit of like a sudden because we don't we don't spend that much time with Han in terms of him like as a character. He's sort of like the exactly. funny, like bravado guy.
1: Yeah, and we don't know what it's like to be frozen to carbon. Like maybe, like after getting out, you suffer a little bit from PTSD or some other mental illnesses. And you know, because at first when he got out, he couldn't see anything. And, you know, he could hear, but he couldn't see. So maybe uh, after being rescued and everything, he definitely respected the rebel or the rebel alliance. And that was his way of thanking them for saving him. Well, technically, it wasn't rebel alliance that saved Han. It was, you know, Luke and Leia and our favorite guy, Lando. Yay, Lando. I know, I can't believe people don't like Lando. Like, I was telling you the other day, like, I can't believe it. Like, you know, I feel like, you know, you said the comment that, you know, he he, he turned against Han, against the Empire, because he wanted to save the city. He didn't do it for, you know, personal reasons, like, to get money or to get back at Han. Like, he was probably truly trying to save the city. Like, he chose to save the city and fuck over his friend to the Empire, because that's how he... he he got his different ways of carrying, so yeah and as soon
0: as he realizes like the bigger picture and as soon as he he sees that the umpire like it's not just oh i'm gonna turn over han solo to boba fett but i'm gonna take princess leia and chewbacca and do a bunch of bad shit then like, as soon mm-hmm. as that happens lando like owns up his own part in that
1: and becomes awesome and a hero yeah it's Definitely a turnaround of character. Definitely character development. Star Wars? That's why I love Star Wars so much. That's also another reason. Because, you know, you see the character development in other people. I feel like, you know, my argument against Han Solo could be a little bit flawed. Because you see character development. You see this character in A New Hope. He's cocky and arrogant. And he only wants to get paid because he owes uh, a lot of money to Jabba the Hutt. And then you see him at the end of the battle of endor and you know he's happy he's fighting rebel for the rebellion and then you see him in the force awakens and again he's a different character because obviously a lot has happened to him
0: yeah i do i do like the the, the journeys that we go on with these people like even if we don't necessarily see every beat of how they get there like uh, the han solo that we see in force awakens tends to me as like you know 30 years on like Shit's gone down between him and Leia. There's this sort of world wary mm-hmm. But but those scenes with like the scenes you get with Ray, where you get those those glimmers of of old Han, you know, old like, you know, pirate smuggler Han, and that's that's really cool. That you know he's still that's still part of him because you change as a person, but but you're still that person.
1: Exactly. All right. So uh, do you want to do top three right now and then do some emails? Yes. Okay. So here's the thing is we've
0: decided we want to do like rankings of things every week. And it could be your top three favorite battle scenes or your top three like music scores or the top three characters you want to screw in a bathroom stall. Refresher. (laughs) Refresher. (laughs) Refresher. Okay. So send us ideas. That you want us to do rankings in. And if you do, also please like send us your own top three. So we can include that when we do it. But literally anything. Anything at all. If it's too horrible, we might not read it. But my my thought on what terrible is, is, you know, fairly out there. <laughs> so, so send us <laughs> some stuff. Um, you can email them to us at cantobytepod at gmail.com. But the top three that we've chosen on our own that Brittany came up with, and this is a shout-out to the amazing Haas Burkhart, who is the co-host on Rogue One of a Star Wars podcast for winners, and also Blue Harvest, which uh, are both podcasts that I am in love with. And Hawes is amazing, and he loves all of the cut animals in the world. So it is the top three... Star Wars creatures you would most want to cuddle with.
1: Yes. And uh...
0: do you want to go first? Sure. All right. Okay. I'm going to go first. Uh, First, I want to specify we're talking about, like, we're talking about creatures. So as much as I would like to cuddle with, like, a Wookiee or an Ewok, they're not creatures. They're people. (laughs) Because they have culture and language and society. And they're people. And that's why I get really mad whenever I see people talking about therapy Ewoks. Because Ewoks are people, too. Don't dismiss them as pets. Shut up, I hate you. Okay, sorry. Okay, so top three cloud creatures. I did I did delve into Wikipedia a bit for this, just because I was sort of interested to see what else is out there. So, my first choice is actually from behind the scenes, Last Jedi stuff, and it is the floppy-eared horse creature that we just see for a little bit, but it's got the big floppy ears, and it looks really friendly. And I feel like it would be furry and soft. And I would like to cuddle with one Yeah, man, those little ears. Like I would cuddle with the ears. <laughs> I just want to pet the ears. I'm obsessed with like, the, like, you know, like how some dogs have like the really like, the, like hound ears, oh like they're God. just super soft and silky. And I just want to cuddle them. And my next, my next choice is actually a loth cat, which I have to say apologies to Steel Saunders. I don't particularly like cats. But I think Lothcats are adorable, and they have, like, the big face and, like, the pointing ears and that huge, like, Cheshire cat kind of smile. And I just think they're fun and cool. So I would totally cuddle with a Lothcat. But my number one choice, this is for Wikipedia, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong. It's, it's the, it's either Blaze or Blase, because I sometimes saw it with an accent over the E and sometimes without it. But it's called a Blase Tree Goat. And it is a combination of of a sloth and a goat. It's basically goat with, like, sort of, like, the floppy sloth arms, and they hang from trees, and they're super lazy like sloths, and they only ever move to, like, go to the next tree to reach some new leaves. And I don't know what they're from. I think they're only in, like, I don't know if it's, like, some, like, supplemental thing or, like, RPG or one of those, like, The Planets of Star Wars books, but... We'll we'll tweet out a picture of them, you should look them up, because they're amazing, and I love goats,
1: and I love sloths, so they are the perfect animal for me. Yeah, I pulled up a picture right now of a. I'm gonna add a blase because I feel French. A blase tree goat. So I, they're holding. They're on a tree branch. You know, like a sloth, but they have a tail, and I. The tail looks like it's very soft, and the face reminds me a lot of Eeyore from a Winnie the Pooh. Definitely. Like, you know, it looks kind of depressing, but very happy. Like it. It looks like it's happy to see you. Like there's there's two of them in the picture and the one in the back you know definitely it looks like it has a smile on his face it's ready to cuddle but i feel like definitely like you'd have to cuddle it like like it'd have to be on a branch or something and you just have to like hold on
0: look if i get to cuddle a tree go i will go live in a tree sweet i'll I'll, I'll visit you in your tree (laughs) so so what what star wars animals would you like to cuddle
1: all right. First off, I, I just want to say I've made a realization that a lot of animals in Endor slash the Red Lid Forest in the no, Northern California are wonderful. I say that because obviously uh, Endor, they record or they not recorded, they filmed, I believe it was um, all the Endor, most of the Endor scenes in, I believe it was, was it the Red Forest in Nor- Northern California? Yeah, something like that. It was that. somewhere. I'll probably look it up later. But, yeah, I found, you know, some animals. The first one is a teak. And you're, you're going to look this up, and I know it looks a little creepy, but, you know, it has cute little hands, and it'll hug you too, you know? Like, as you're cuddling, you want someone to embrace you and, you know, feel like you're welcome. So definitely a teak. My second uh, answer would be a baby doback. I think those are so cute. And cuddling with it you know it could feel like you're cuddling like a hairless cat they don't have the claws yet so they're easily accessible you can bring it anywhere you could put it in your purse <laughs> i i wouldn't do that i do agree but yeah and then last but not least <laughs> last but not least i believe the pronouncing of this is a, a a boar dork okay you're gonna
0: have to spell that for me
1: b-o-r-d-o-r-k and it is your your look up a picture or I'm looking it up again on Google right now. Uh Star Wars. And it is literally like a miniature horse with um horns. And it just looks adorable. Honestly, like I would definitely cuddle the shit out of that. Alright, uh here let me It's up. sort of got like a like a kind of like a little
0: like Shetland pony kind of look to it. But with horns. Yeah, it's
1: like a- Cuter My Little Pony. And there's another picture. I don't know if you see it, but, you know, the Ewok, you know, chilling with the board orc. It's laying on the board orc, you know, just living it up. And it, that's my dream, you know, so, you know, to sit under a tree with an animal that I want to cuddle. And uh, that sounds really creepy. I apologize. But, yeah, I definitely think it's a cute creature. And I definitely, would you would you spoon any of these animals, do you think? Any of our top three, would you? I
0: would spoon all these animals because, I think if you don't spoon with your animals, you are a bad person with no heart. (laughs) Will. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I'm from the the Hawes School of Animals, which is anytime I see a cute animal, I'm basically like, I want that animal to be my friends. Mm
1: -hmm. I want all the animals to be my friends. Yeah, I've... I also, too, you know, I have a dog and a cat, and, uh, you know, you think that, you know, all cats, you know, want to be loved and want to be cuddled, but mine is very socially awkward. Like, he only wants attention only if he's hungry or if he's bored. Any other time you try to, you know, talk to him, like, his name is Buddy, so sometimes I walk up to him, and I'm like, hi, Mr. Buddy, what are you doing? And he just kind of looks at me and just walks away, and I'm like, okay, like, rejected by my cat. <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah, so those are our top three cuddly animals. If you think that we're missing something that we definitely should want to cuddle, please let us know. And if you have any suggestions, also please let us know. Although I'm I'm fairly certain we've decided decided that it's top three people that you want to bang in a refresher.
1: Yes, I am very excited to create or to take some notes on um, people who would like to bang in a refresher. Go, Brittany. I would have never thought three years from now I would be doing <laughs> this. <laughs> and
0: you get exactly zero points for guessing who my number one choice is.
1: <laughs> Dude, I almost think that your number one choice would, you know, like, I, I, prob- I, I think at first I assumed that your favorite character would be Mendo. So I'm surprised to see who your top three characters that you would uh, bone it or fishery Well, really,
0: be. it's just going to be a matter of like whittling it down to only three choices but we want to we want it your toys as well. Both both for animals that you want to cuddle and and people you want to bang. But not for animals you want to bang. That's just weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, please don't send us that. Yeah, please you found the wrong podcast if you yeah, send us that, that shit. On
0: DeviantArt. <laughs> I don't want it on my podcast. But we now have some yeah. listener emails cuz even though this is our only our episode, people have sent us emails. All right, I'm gonna read the first one. This is from our buddy Rashad, who says, "Hey there, congrats on starting the pod. Can't wait to hear it. Oh, thank you, and thank you so much for supporting us through our launch. Um, Rashad does a podcast um, with with um, his friend Justin called Will Communication. It's W H I L L Communication, and it's it's really focused a lot on like the comic books, which is cool because that's something I I barely know anything about. Like I've read like one or two issues here or there and so they go through it not only with analysis but also like explaining some of the character beats because of course the current comics are are canon and so there's stuff there that can be relevant to the movies or sort of how we view the characters now um they're only a couple episodes in but i highly recommend them yes me too they are great all right he has two questions. So the first one is, If you had to play a game in the Star Wars universe for high stakes, what's your game of choice? I'm going to butcher these pronunciations. So, back, back Swoop bike racing out of the question. Okay, well, first of all, Swoop bike racing is out of the question because I would die instantly. I don't even drive a car. I have no coordination. Swoop bike, like, I, I mean, it's basically base motorcycle seems like a really bad idea for me
1: you'd look so cool though
0: <laughs> no, I'm oh man i'd really look cool especially if i had a cape
1: yeah i mean you don't you understand know how Star much Wars? i want a cape oh my god yeah but you ever watch the incredibles like you know bad shit happens to people in capes you know like mendo it's worth it anyway mendo didn't die because of his cape <laughs> you never know like maybe that's why they thought he was a dick because of the cape no obviously you know he I feel like a lot of his character was um, explained in Catalyst by James Luceno. Was that he wrote yeah. that? I still need to read that. I've heard nothing but great things about that one. It's really good. But, okay, so, gosh, Rashad, this is a good
0: question, but it's probably a better question for somebody who has a little bit more Star Wars knowledge than me. Um, I was looking up. Pezak is is from the Knights of the Old Republic. Like, it was a mini game that you could play within that game. And it seems, like, vaguely similar to Blackjack, except you're really playing head-to-head with another player. But you're drawing cards, and there's a shared deck, and you're you're trying to get, like, the closest to 20 without going over. And there's positive cards and negative cards. Um, that one, I don't know. I feel like I'm really bad at math. That's probably not a good choice, either. I mean, Sabacc is, the, <laughs> like, the closest—it's like poker, right? Basically. From what we know of it. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like 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 strategy is really important. Mm-hmm. And I think I think maybe I would play that. Unless there's high stakes like Star Wars ver- universe version of Clue. Because I'm really good at Clue. So if there's an in-universe Star Wars version of Clue that I could play for money, that's what I would play. But <laughs> barring that, it's going to be Sabacc because maybe I could play with Lando Calrissian.
1: Dude, yeah, you guys could gamble for the Millennium Falcon. Maybe that's how Han got the Falcon, was that they were played a little game of Sabacc and uh, Lando lost. Who knows? Maybe I could play him for a sweet
0: dragon cape.
1: Dude, yeah, that's probably... Uh, maybe the cape belonged to Han Solo <laughs> before playing Sabacc and maybe Lando just wanted the
0: cape. The highest
1: stakes of all is that dragon cape. <laughs> so what about you, what would your game be, do you think? I'm going to have to agree with you. I feel like mine would definitely be Sabak. I was definitely thinking of different games. I was thinking of pod racing, but then I remembered that I- I'm not the best driver. Um, I-, I was telling you yesterday how, I'm going to admit this now, but I definitely have Back to My Car to My Garage Door at least twice. <laughs> So I think as soon as I get inside that pod racer, I might die. So I'm going to get that one off the table and definitely the bike or the swoop bike racing. And I feel like Sabak is definitely a strategy game. And I'm good at strategy. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I think before I speak or do stupid shit, but I feel like definitely in a game like that you definitely think of your opponent's move and everything. I play tennis too. I've been playing since I was about eight or nine. So that's definitely kind of a strategy also because you you learn your players' weaknesses and you see their moves and you have to either figure out their weaknesses and how to combat them or just like do your best. But definitely tennis for me, I definitely learned how to find people's weaknesses and sabak, I will do that too. Okay, and
0: Rishad's second question is what's your preferred gambling vice of choice in the real world? Now, um, I'm going to pass it over to you first because you are a resident casino expert. Haha. <laughs> Me and
1: casinos. Um. I, I gotta say... I'm not really into gambling. Like, that's never attracted my interest, you know, as a kid. We would go to Vegas sometimes and seeing all the people on the slot machines and playing poker, like, I didn't care about those people. I cared about going to Circus Circus and playing games to get stuffed animals. And even though now that's like the equivalence of putting money in a slot machine and getting more money, I suck at that. And I think of the whole idea of like luck and like being lucky, like that's cool and all, but you definitely waste a bunch of money. Like the money you win... Let's say that you won $1,000 playing a slot machine. I feel like definitely you, you've lost that amount of money because, you know, I, I wear graveyard shifts in my casino. So I definitely see a lot of people just sit on those machines for hours. Like I get I get to work at 12 a.m. and I see a person sitting on a machine and then I go on my break at 4.30, 4.45 and they're still staying on that same machine, you know, wasting their money. And they think they're winning and because they get benefits from the casino and everything. They get certain card levels. that like give them hotel rooms, um, Um, cheaper, cheaper access to food, and we have buffets, Uh, California um, casinos, they have a lot of great buffets, I definitely recommend a lot of them. So (laughs) that's the only thing I recommend from the casino. I'm awful. But yeah, gambling just doesn't really interest me. Unfortunately, maybe like something like blackjack or like, I played 21 a lot when I was younger. And I feel like definitely that would be my part of fun but uh what do you think what is your uh real gambling um choice you no
0: know, like i've never really I, I mean i've never gambled at all really um i think it's a combination of i i'm i'm hyper competitive about games and i'm also really like obsessive about things so i think i think gambling is one of those things i look at and go oh that's a bad idea like i can i can definitely see myself not being able to just cut my losses and walk away so it's mm-hmm. always i've always been very wary of that like maybe like i could like take five bucks and put it in this slot machine but like you want to see you know like i used to work at a, at a grocery store and i worked the counter where we sold lottery tickets and like people would just come in and spend hundreds of dollars and then just sit there for the next like half an hour like scratching them off maybe went in like two dollars on the hundred dollars that they spent and i i don't know like it just it it just it just sort of scares me a little too much like i've you know i played a little bit of poker like but just like with friends or like chips or like for candy not not for money
1: <laughs> the important shit
0: <laughs> but yeah but thank you rashadney just finishing up it says wishing you the best of luck with the pod i know you two are gonna knock it out of the park looking forward to some killer hashtag content
1: oh thank you We love Rashad. He's great. I know. I met him and Justin at, still had a live podcast at, in LA and I met him. I met Rashad. I met Aaron Boyd. I met a bunch of people and God, I love you all. Like, you all are so welcoming like I started listening to podcasts in like September October because I started a new job at the casino and you know I didn't really know anyone and my hours were weird and I I felt kind of depressed and I remember I had SoundCloud because an uh, old friend from high school messaged me and said hey I made an album listen to it on SoundCloud and I did that and after I was you know listening to the album I'm like alright what do I do now on SoundCloud I'm like maybe I should listen to podcasts and I searched Star Wars and I found now this is podcasting and through there I met different podcasters and podcasts like uh, Rogue One, a podcast for winners, Steel Wars, um, Blue Harvest, um, The Sith List. I, I'm going to forget. Oh, yeah. Rebel Girl. I'm wearing my Rebel Girl shirt Girl right now. That's one of my favorite podcasts. So, yeah, definitely. Everyone in this, um Star Wars community, the Making Star Wars community, you guys are all awesome. And thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, and and while we're at it, a special shout out to Eric Struthers of The Bad Motivators, because Brittany has no idea what we're doing in terms of recording or editing. And Eric is not only like really helpful, but really generous with his time. So thank you, Eric, for that.
1: He's such a kind man. I remember he had me on Facebook a couple months ago and he posted on my wall like I love you because I call into uh, Steel's live uh, call-in show sometimes and half the time I make a fool out of myself and half the time I I think I'm kind of funny. No, but he wrote on my wall. He's like I love you on the show and that just meant so much to me that someone like him like reached out to me and said hey like I enjoy you know what you bring to the table and everything so he's a great man thank you so much for helping us eric you it means a lot to me and i definitely hope you come down to la or san diego sometime because i will treat you to some good san diego food and california burritos
0: okay now speaking of people that we love we also have an email from king tom king of all toms um just one of the smartest most (laughs) i can't even talk but, like, really just um, c- always comes up with, with interesting things to talk about and has, like, really compelling questions and is just a really nice guy. And he wrote an email oh, yeah. if you
1: want to read that, Brittany. Of course. Yes. Yeah, so, King Tom, he says, Hey, Brittany, Emily. Hello. Two questions. Nope. No, no I'm kidding. Uh, first, what is your favorite Star Wars related novel and why is it Darth Plagueis? Oh. You know, I talk about how
0: much I love you, and then you do this, and it just hurts me. And I don't know if I can call you King Tom anymore. So for the rest of the podcast, you're just Tom because I'm angry with you because (laughs) Tom knows that I freaking hate that book.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I, I kind of agree with you on that. Um, I have on my um, on my desk I have a bunch of Star Wars books I have from Aftermath to you know like the first or the Phantom Menace novelization and Plagueis is up there I started reading Plagueis around like two and a half years ago and I got to probably the halfway point of the book and something happened where you know I had to stop reading I think I went on a vacation or something left the book at home and I just I try to you know restart the book but Just I wasn't interested, and not that I don't admire Darth Plagueis or Palpatine as characters, but I don't know. There's just something about the book that, not that it wasn't Star Wars, but I just didn't like it. It wasn't my cup of tea, and I feel like a lot of people disagree with that. Well, we all have our opinions, but yeah, I just it wasn't my favorite.
0: I don't know how that is viewed, like in the general Star Wars fandom. I just know that we happen to have a lot of friends who love that book. And, like, that's one of the reasons I, mm-hmm. I started reading it is because I heard like, Tom and, and our friends Dallas and Luke all uh, who do a podcast, The Bad Motivators, with Eric. And they're, like, super into it. And I I don't know. There are so many adjectives in that book. Every sentence is described with, like, six different adjectives and adverbs. And it, it drives me batty. But it's weird because he actually wrote... He also wrote Catalyst, a book that I really, really enjoy. Um... I will say I haven't really read all that many Star Wars books. Um as a kid, like the only ones I really read were the um the young Jedi Knights, which which focus on on Han and Leia's twins, Jason and Gianna. And I liked those books a lot. We we talked about earlier, like I never really got into the EU. So when the new book started to come out, it was sort of a, like a clean slate, which I liked. But I, I still haven't read, them all. I read the Aftermath books. Um, I like them. I'm a really huge diehard fan of Chuck Wendig. His Star Wars books are actually probably my least favorite of the books that he's written. But I, I enjoy that trilogy and I, I love all of his other stuff. Um, if you only know him from Aftermath, check out the Miriam Black books or um, the. Oh, there's. Um, there's Miriam Black and there's uh atlanta burns which is a really cool very dark young adult series which was really good and he also wrote a book about evil corn that i can't remember the name of but look him up it's about evil corn and it's pretty fucking cool like vegetable it's like genetically modified corn and it's set in the future sort of and it's yeah it like drinks people's blood shit it's, it's really awesome. I have to look into that.
1: I have never heard
0: of that. I love him cuz he writes a lot of like really strong women and really strong queer characters and it's it, they're they're like we see in the aftermath his LGBT characters that's just part of who they are. It's not the defining trait of their character, which I like. Well, let's say I read Catalyst and I really liked that one I read Aftermath which I which I, I like really love parts of and don't care about other parts of um, Catalyst I love mostly because it's so much backstory for Krennic and um, Galen Urso, and I love those guys and so that was really good but um I just got Inferno Squad I haven't started it yet so I think my favorite is probably Lost Stars which is uh, Claudia Gray? Is that her name? I think so. Here, let me. I always want to say Claudia Black, and that's the a- actress from from *Farscape*. So I think it's Claudia Gray. I know it's Claudia something, but um, *Lost Stars* is a beautiful book, um, and it's very it's very different Star Wars story. Yes,
1: Claudia Gray,
0: and I really like that one a lot. She
1: also wrote the *Ahsoka* novel. Am I correct?
0: Maybe. I know, I don't know, I know she's writing the, um, the new Raya book. Oh.
1: Okay, let me, look. oh no, E.K. Johnson wrote it. My bad, but, you know, another great, I haven't read Ahsoka, but I've heard nothing but great things, but definitely Lost Stars also. I've heard that uh, one mentioned on a couple podcasts. Is it a long book? I don't believe so, because I mean, it's, I mean, I read it, I read it, it's a fairly quick read, because it's, it's, I mean, it's sort of YA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely have to uh, take a look at that. I remember um, my in high school, my best friend's mom was a librarian. So I remember I would spend some time either like before or after school, you know, in the library reading books. I remember I've read like The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. I read that all in one day. And, and I read some other books too, but that was the one I just remember, you know, sitting down and I kind of put it down. And that one's a really short book. I forget how long it is, but I remember it only took me like an hour and a half, two hours to finish it. So definitely I'll try doing that at work one night with Lost Stars but um but um yeah um let's see my favorite novel i i almost feel biased saying this cuz i feel like after w- reading this novel i f- viewed everything as um not superior i feel like um the revenge of the sith novel by matthew stover left an impact on me and i remember i was about 5th 6th grade when i first read this novel I was kind of stupid and I really love, not stupid, but I, I really love the romance between Anakin and Padme. And I remember like I would bookmark every part that Anakin and Padme were in a scene together or were mentioned Aww. together. I, I love them before shipping was a thing. Like I love their romance and you know, being a young girl, I always like fantasize, you know, being in relationships, like finding someone and definitely like the good side of an Anakin Skywalker. I wanted that in my life, but Definitely, he explains, you know, the situation, like he starts off, you know, like this story already happened, it's a tragedy, and it definitely sticks to you. And he has this way of giving such great emotion to the situation, like the fall of Anakin and how it affected everyone around him, especially himself. Like you see like Padme... was so stressed just about everything you know about everything going on with the senate everything about anakin and especially about obi-wan when she found out by him that anakin had turned and you know seeing obi-wan so stressed too because you know he felt like he was to blame and seeing the emotions you know they were brothers they spent their a lot of their adult lives with each other you know training and being jedi and anakin like, he just wanted to save his wife. Like, he was madly in love with this woman that he shouldn't have been in love with because, you know, the Jedi Order forbid it. And all he wanted, uh, kind of not really a spoiler, but all he wanted was to get access to a part of the Jedi library to find out how to save her. And that was a big part of the story, which I kind of wish was in Revenge of the Sith, the movie, because that would have kind of explained more like why he disagreed with the Jedi Council and how he was pissed as fuck that he didn't uh, become a master or he was on the council. So I definitely really love that book and I recommend you read it. And yeah, I definitely recommend it.
0: Okay, I've never I've never read that one. I'll, I'll check that out. It might give me a broader appreciation of like some of the stuff that I didn't like about the movie. Like it sounds yeah. like it, it sort of explains some of that, that stuff better.
1: Yeah. It makes me respect. I, I were connected with the prequels a lot as a kid, but I feel like, you know, as I got older when everyone was like, screw the prequels. I like was like, yeah, screw them. Even though, like, deep down, I definitely believe that part of be really connected with the prequels and that, you know, they were a part of me. And I was also president of the Star Wars Club in high school, just my junior year. Hell yeah. And, you know, I remember everyone would only want to watch the original trilogy and part of B really wanted to watch, you know, like Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. But everyone was against that. and It made me really sad. But um, King Tom also asks... When you walk out of the theater after your first time seeing The Last Jedi, what do you want to feel? What questions do you want to have on your mind while seeing it? I guess that's three questions, but oh well. Anyways, thanks for reading, and good luck with your podcast. Your pal, King Tom. Just Tom. I'm still mad at you, Tom. Oh. <laughs> Tom Plagueis the
0: Wise. <laughs> okay, this is a it because... I think about how I how I felt when I walked out of the Force Awakens, and even though my favorite character, like my favorite fictional character since I was six years old, had just died this really tragic death, like I couldn't wipe the smile off my face because I just loved the movie so much from top to bottom. We got all these great new characters. We got Ray, who I like instantly made amazingly deeply in love with, and we got Finn, who I'm so excited to see really develop as a character in this new movie and we got Poe who I mean, god damn it, Oscar Isaac, like that man there's just something incredibly charismatic about him. And we got BB eight and we got Leia, and we got Hod and we got Chewy and, and it it just felt like watching Star Wars. And so like that's what I guess the main thing I want is to feel like I just walked out of a Star Wars movie. But I mean, it's also the second in the trilogy, so it's probably going to have a pretty dark ending. And everybody involved in the movie is saying that it's not going to be what we think it is, and it's going to be really surprising. And so I want, like, fuck out of this, like, with my mind blown. Like, my mind was blown when I first saw Empire when I was six. I want it to be something that throws off our entire understanding of the Star Wars universe to the to the date.
1: Yeah, and then do you have any like questions after seeing it too? Like uh, you know, questioning like what's going to happen next? I want to walk out thinking, well,
0: what's going to happen next? But because I want to be really shocked, it's sort of hard to think of what questions I want to ask because I I want even my questions to be surprising, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally does. I want to I want to walk out of that movie with questions that I can't right now because we don't have enough information to think about it.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's definitely a good answer. Um, How about you? I want to feel, I want to feel shitty. I want to (laughs) feel shitty that the movie ended and that I want to see this again and, oh my God, like what's going to happen next? And it's a little bit cheesy, But one of the questions I definitely want to ask myself is, how did my brother Rusty like it? He's really into Star Wars too, and I'm definitely interested in his opinion. We always go, you know, wait in line before seeing the movies, and it's something that really excites us every, you know, Christmas, you know, getting the lawn chairs out and talking to people in line about Star Wars. So I definitely want to see what he thinks about everything and see if he's excited or joyful as I am. But I know it's definitely going to be an emotional experience for me because I have become a little more emotional in the past couple months. And, you know, seeing the opening crawl is such a powerful part of the beginning of the movie. And definitely seeing it when um, The Force Awakens, that definitely, you know, left an impact on me. And seeing, you know, the Luke Skywalker is missing and he is the last Jedi, the whole audience just, like, gasped. And I felt the emotion of everyone. And I definitely wanna feel shock while after seeing the movie. I, I wanna feel as I did while watching the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones. I was I don't I don't wanna give away because I don't know if anyone's um not seen Game of Thrones yet. I know there are a bunch of people who have my parents are binge watching it right now as we speak. So the Red Wedding it just it was an event that was not foreseen to me and probably other people but it was something that happened and you just sit there and you're just like in shock that something happened to character like really important characters and you know how could this happen like what's going to happen now but I definitely want to feel that with The Last Jedi
0: yeah that's cool and I like I like what you talk about like wanting to know what your brother thinks about it because that like is an important part of Star Wars I think at least for me and it sounds like for you too which is which is the connections we have, whether it be family or friends or just people like who we've met through podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a really a big part of my Star Wars enjoyment is is talking about it with other people and breaking it all down.
1: Yeah, i I think this was a great question. Thank you. Yeah, I you, guess Tom. you can be king again. Although, okay. I'm just so nice. I'm like, okay, King Tom, send me
0: some of your other favorite uh, Star Wars book titles. I'm not going to promise that I'll read them all, but, but send them to me. Just, if you send me Darth Plagueis hm. again, I'm going to be really upset. But send me some other ones, and, and I'd, like to, I'd like to expand my Star Wars book knowledge.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I want to try to get into reading a little bit more because I listen to podcasts a lot at work. Work is usually my free time. I work graveyard shifts, so there's not really much to do. So that's when I listen to, uh, to podcasts and play Candy Crush. So I think I definitely should start grabbing a book every once in a while and expanding my book knowledge and horizons of the Star Wars universe. So we also have another email. Uh, from my good friend Laura. She lives in San Diego also. She goes to uh, Chico The University. She's a very smart girl and I enjoy her company. Um, she says so was Anakin also in love with the coarse sand? That is all. <laughs> I, I believe she's messing with, with us maybe? I'm glad that
0: you explained to me that this was your friend before I saw that email for the first time. Because, I mean, like, I saw, you know, Tom and Rashad's emails. I'm like, oh, I know these guys. I told the Rogue One DM chat, who I talk with every day, hey, send us some emails. (laughs) So I saw, like, if I had seen this one, not knowing who this person was, I
1: may have just been like, how did this crazy person find us? (laughs) Oh, man. I think before we recorded, I uh, messaged her... Uh, we, I have a little uh, group chat with my good friends from high school. And it's just only three of them, you know. And I sent the email and said, hey, I'm doing a Star Wars podcast tonight. Send me a question. And as soon as she said done, I was thinking, oh, fuck, I already know that she's going to ask a question like this. I was like, I have to make sure to let Emily know that... Um, this is my fault but no laura i'm kidding we love you thank you so much for sending a question you mean a lot to me and i love your rabbit brody who you teach how to do tricks and but yeah thank you for the email i definitely think that anakin probably had a love-hate relationship with Sand because that probably reminded him of his days on Tatooine with his mother. They were both slaves. It brings back back memory or bad memories. So seeing Sand with Padme, you know, a person he was intrigued and infatuated with, definitely you know, sparked some comments about it being coarse and irritating and (laughs) it, it, it gets everywhere
0: you know what i don't want to know i mean especially if he was in fact in love with core maybe that's how he knows that it gets everywhere maybe they had a bad breakup
1: or maybe it was the move to like touch padme's back because remember he said something about like so did he say that it was smooth also or he said something about liking what was it about something smooth because remember like he like it's not like, mm-hmm. I like you, you're soft and smooth, unlike
0: the sand, it's coarse and irritating. I mean, I don't yeah. remember, like, I haven't seen that movie in a really long time, I gotta say.
1: I'm gonna have to rewatch that movie, just to, you know, get my facts straight, and go into their relationship a little bit more. Uh, but also, um, you know, their relationship was explained more in The Clone Wars, And you've never seen the Clone Wars, right? I've never seen a single minute of the Clone Wars. And are you open to ever seeing a simple or single minute of the Clone Wars?
0: Yeah, you know, it's sort of. It was on during a time when I'm like, "Eh, I'm sort of done with Star Wars, and I wasn't like the idea of watching like a, a cartoon. Um, just didn't particularly appeal to me. Like, I wasn't particularly interested in the time period that it was set in. But now I'm like, okay, I know a lot of people really like it, or at least like parts of it. And people are always recommending like certain story arcs to me as the place that I should start. But I I can't watch things like that. I'm an all or nothing person. So if Mm -hmm. I'm going to watch, it's going to have to be from the beginning. So yeah, I can watch some, like I can watch like an episode or two every week and we can, we can talk about it.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoy that. I'll definitely try to rewatch it with you too because I've definitely, you know, rewatched the series a couple times. It's great. The first couple seasons, you know, they're a little flawed. But I I was writing down notes earlier. It, this is a great series for kids and definitely adults too. Like, there's a little quote in the beginning giving like a lesson. And definitely the the episode has to do with, you know, teamwork or working together or putting your differences aside there's an episode where someone loses their lightsaber and you know they have to learn to depend on you know get making them self-powerful without the lightsaber it's a really interesting it's definitely a good um a good show to get into i definitely recommend it i'm not sure if i recommend rebels for you not maybe yet i feel like you have to be at some point of inebriation or something to really like
0: yeah you know rebels? i watched the first episode of rebels and i watched the um one with the obi-wan uh, uh darth maul duel it's just, it's just not the show for me um I, mm-hmm. I, you know and i and that's fine like it's not it's not when i say it's not for me like it's literally not for me <laughs> it's just it's not a show with me in mind and that's great like i know a lot of people really who really like it and who like watch it with their kids and i think that's awesome like i love the fact that this this star wars exists that people get down every week and and watch with a new generation of star wars fans um yeah i'm not i'm not gonna watch it look if in the new season uh krennic makes an appearance i'll tune in and i'll tune in to see some clips of Tarkin or, like, anything else that, that Steve Stanton voices. Because we oh, love man. that man. And so I'll do that. But no, week to week, Rebels is just not my thing.
1: Yeah, dude, Steven Stanton's great. I met him at Steel Show, and he's just such a kind man. And seeing all the stuff that he does on uh, Twitter and Facebook, he... He's great, in his voice impressions too. He does Tarkin. He also did another character in uh Clone Wars arc, I believe, in season five. Um, he did Obi- he did a fantastic Obi Wan Kenobi and Rebels. I definitely recommend that. I feel like I'm definitely missing some characters, but he's definitely a great voice actor, and I recommend you know watching any of his previous work and work right now. I believe that he's supposed to be in some. Wizard of Oz spin-off animated thing?
0: Um the big one that we missed was uh, uh, a in Rogue One.
1: Oh my god. How could I miss that? That I love Admiral Raddus. Seeing another Mon Cal in Star Wars was just so great. It made me so happy because I loved Admiral Akbar, you know. It's a trap. You know that that's my I say that at least once a day. And I'm going to brag here cuz I I won one of the
0: um the uh, giveaways that he was doing with Starlight Foundation that he works with. And so I got to, like, spend an hour or so, like, talking with him on the phone. And now I have an autographed Raddus action figure and an autographed picture of, uh, animated Tarkin. And he also sent me some pictures to, like, to give to my little brother. He's a very cool guy.
1: Oh my god, that's so nice. I love, I love people like him and we don't deserve the greatness of Stevens. No, he's he's great. I I love him. But yeah, uh, he does a lot of voice acting in Clone Wars, and I think you'll be happy to hear a lot of it. So I'm excited for your journey that you're about to endure in Rebels or not Rebels. Fuck that. Um, in the Clone Wars. So yeah, let's wait. Awesome. Like, if there's
0: anybody out there like me who hasn't watched it or maybe hasn't watched all of it or wants to rewatch it again, um, hit us up and let us know, and maybe we can, like, work out a schedule and sort of all watch it together. Or, you know, like, like it'd be like a book club. Like, this week we're watching these episodes, and next week we're watching these episodes.
1: Hell yeah, I've always wanted to be part of a book club, but I've always been... Reading was never really my thing, so I I feel like, you know, movies are my thing, and Star Wars is my thing, so Star Wars Book Club or Star Wars Watching, Listening Club, you're all in there's no password everyone's welcome yeah um
0: okay so if you do want to hit us up about anything that we've talked about this week or if you have questions or new like rankings list you want us to do you can email us at cantobytepod at com, and you can also follow us on twitter at cantobytepod
1: Yes, and I'm also making an Instagram and possibly a Facebook for the Canto Pod, so uh, keep your eyes on that. I'll definitely post something on my Twitter about it. Uh, my Twitter username is Terrible, and I'm changing it soon, but for now, it is Brit underscore Lee underscore B. And my personal Twitter
0: is at EFLind. That's at E-F-L-I-N-D all right so we talked about star wars because we're a star wars podcast and we're going to talk about star (laughs) wars next week and probably the week after that we're going to talk about star wars some more but uh thank you for joining us on our first episode um thank you to everybody again like all the star wars podcasters and the community who've really encouraged us to start our own and like helped us with technical details uh jason ward who when i was first buying podcast equipment for my other podcast, um, which is a Twin Peaks podcast called How's Annie. He, like, sent me a whole list of, like, you should buy this microphone, and buy this stand, and get this other thing, and you don't need that thing, don't buy that, and, like, I love the Star Wars podcasting community, so thank you to everybody out there. And thank you, Brittany.
1: Aw, thank you, my dream Uh co-host. Really, you are. Like, I... I was talking on the DM chat. I'm like moving my hands around like I'm like talking to you in person. So but you know I was talking to you on the DM chat um from Steel Wars's show. And I remember I I had bought some podcast gear because I was going to guest star on um, Charlie Ashby's podcast, the Imperial Senate podcast, which is a great podcast and podcast, podcast, podcast. I definitely think you guys should take a listen to that one. And I was, you know, thinking of starting one and I needed a co-host. And I was kind of I kind of announced coyly that I was like, yeah, I I bought some gear. I'm thinking of doing something. And immediately you were like, hey, me, I'm open and I'm just like. (laughs) old and I remember you messaged me like you don't have to pick me it's okay but you're my dream co-host like from the beginning I was thinking of possible people and you're at the very top of that list you are a such a smart wonderful human being and your views on Star Wars and you know other topics is just so inspiring to hear and I I love it I I I appreciate you as a person, and thank you uh, for I being my really coach.
0: Like, No, like I really genuinely felt like really bad afterwards. I'm like, oh no, does she just? Does she just like feel Aww. like she has to say yes because it feels strange? She's like, uh, no, I don't want you to be my podcast co-host. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think we're gonna have a good time, and I hope that all of our listeners have a good do. Because I always want people to like me, even when I'm telling them to go fuck themselves because their theories are <laughs> stupid.
1: <laughs> Dude, yeah, me too. I, I, I want you all to love us because we love you guys and we're positive, positive people who podcast, positive people's podcast.
0: Yes. Except a lot of times I'm not. But that's okay because even when I'm not positive, <laughs> I'm happy that other people are positive about things. Like there's, there's nothing that like I love more than watching other people get really excited
1: about things. Oh, yeah, definitely. Seeing other people's, you know, excitement and joy, it definitely brings a smile to my face and makes my my little heart warm. Yeah,
0: so if you love the prequels, if you love Sharp Binks, if you love Darth Plagueis, that's great. I'm going to make fun of them sometimes, but I think it's awesome that you love them and, like, never let anybody make you feel bad about loving them. Even me, because anything I say to you about it, I only do it because it's people I'm friends with online and it's fun to, like, you know, poke at them with a stick a little bit. Alright, so we will see you guys next week, I guess. Bye! Bye, thanks for listening!